0: A handful of Caribbean states have created ambassadors, but not from their own citizens. They were actually giving ambassadorships to some of the wealthiest people in the world, but also to some people who turned out to be criminals.
1: All it costs is $250,000, and suddenly you can join the diplomatic class. That makes your life as an international criminal much easier.
0: An ambassadorship is not something that should be paid for. These should be appointments for individuals of the highest caliber to do the most important work in representing the interests of your country.
1: Today, we're gonna show you how buying an ambassadorship is done. I'm Kevin Hurton,
0: And I'm Deborah Davis. This is Al Jazeera Investigates, part three of Diplomats for Sale.
1: So if you just found out about us, first, awesome, tell your friends. And second, please go back to part one. This episode will make a lot more sense, I promise.
0: For those of you who are all caught up, here we go.
1: So one of the things our team tried to do was to see if we could buy an ambassadorship, which comes with a diplomatic passport to see exactly how and if this is still happening. Okay, so we're walking here on the streets of Makati in Manila. It started on the other side of the world in the Philippines.
0: Pretty hot out here. The heat in Manila really hits you, doesn't it?
1: We realized pretty early on that you can't just have some buyer go up to somebody and say, hey, I've got an anonymous businessman who'd like to become your ambassador. People are like, okay, who is it? You know, who who are they? I mean, I'd love to meet them. And like, if you don't have somebody, that that conversation's not gonna go very far.
0: So the reason for coming to Manila, there is a a businessman here. He's British. He is exactly the kind of person that has been given diplomatic passport by several Caribbean states. What we set out to do was to find someone who would agree to be a candidate.
1: To buy sort of an illicit diplomatic passport, but somebody who was willing to do it for the right reasons rather than the wrong reasons, which was tough. Um, But I ultimately, through a couple of sources, tracked down somebody who might be amenable. And so the idea, if he's up for it, is to have him apply to become the ambassador either to the Philippines or the ambassador at large.
2: for one of these countries.
1: Now, it's incredibly difficult because you need to have all the people in place. You need to have a situation where you can protect the right people. And, you know, it's it's not easy. I feel like we've put ourselves in a position to succeed, but we still might not get over the line.
0: As we know, a diplomatic passport seems to involve a payment. So what we want to see is whether... He will say, make me an ambassador, and I'll bring an investment. And they will say, "Okay, but the price for us giving you a diplomatic passport is. And we think the going rate at the moment is about a quarter of a million dollars.
1: A quarter of a million dollars. A quarter of a million dollars. That's what our sources are telling us these are worth.
0: There was a lot riding on this.
1: We need to meet with him to sort of give him the details and see if if he's willing to... You know, help us, and if he is, I think we can get started on this fairly quickly. We sat across the table, we ordered a nice nice meal, and I said, okay, well, I guess I should probably tell you why we're here. Because you can only say so much on the, on the telephone. It's such an extraordinary thing to be asking somebody, especially somebody who's not in, in journalism, isn't thinking about this stuff. And he listened to what we had to say, and he said, sounds like a good cause, what can I do to help? Then we were in business. He has agreed to let us use his name as a potential candidate to get a diplomatic passport from Dominica, or from any island, really. And he wrote out credentials, on um, letterhead, and, and allowed us to present his credentials to whomever um, in pursuit of this journalistic exercise. But he ha- he's not going to handle that negotiation. So he sends an assistant. Who is working with us directly to do all of the work of obtaining that diplomatic passport? The assistant is the guy who went undercover for us. We all met in a hotel room in Manila. That's where we set the plan in motion.
0: I think what we were interested in when we met is he sort of he, he talked about his sort of his conscience and and his stand against corruption. Is that something that you know about him from yes. sort of being yeah. a mate of his?
2: Oh yeah, and, you know he, he should be. Hugely successful in the Philippines, but because he believes in what he believes and you know he's you know he's just getting by
1: uh, just so you know the reason we are bleeping the names is because there's a lot at stake here. they've agreed to help us, but we have agreed to keep their names confidential
0: so he won't he, he won't do the kickbacks, the no. bribes, the things that are no. asked for
2: no he's a, a man of integrity and you know.
0: From what we know, at some stage, they're going to want to meet the man who's asking for the yeah. passport. Do you think would be up for that? Yeah. How, would he, how would he deal with that? Yeah, mm.
1: He'll do it. And, I mean, But then the question becomes, how do we get to people on the other side? We're not just, just going to send out emails blind because those won't, nobody's going to read those. You need to have somebody who has a position of trust in the Caribbean. Somebody with cred who could go into these prime minister's offices and say, here's a guy you should consider. And that's where we came up with O.J. Serafin, former prime minister of Dominica. This is where I want to protect some sources, so I won't get into exactly how we got in touch with him, but we did. I think a lot of times this requires a certain amount of trust. And whether or not we'll be able to pull that off still remains to be seen.
0: So my understanding is that had contacted OJ to say that he knew that there was someone who was in the market for what he called a dip book, which means diplomatic passport. So that set the scene for OJ to expect a contact. And so we sent that email out yesterday, or rather you sent it out.
1: Yeah. The assistant got in touch with O.J. Serafin, and they started to communicate directly. This would have been in the spring, late spring of 2019.
2: Okay, so I'm. this is coming from me to him. So I'm grateful to my old friend, for putting me in touch with you. This is about a diplomatic passport. Not for me, but for a longtime friend of mine here in the Philippines.
1: O.J. Serafin knew that this was to obtain a diplomatic passport for
2: a businessman from the Philippines. Please let me know how you would like to proceed. So I sent it out at 1.51 a.m. and he responded at 1.56 My
0: goodness, within five minutes.
2: Yeah. First response was, thank you for your inquiry. And then a minute later, we'll explore possibilities and advise. Then he responded, meanwhile, please accept my assurances of good faith and confidentiality.
0: Confidentiality's got a key word, isn't it? Yeah. Suggesting this is all to be kept quiet.
2: And I put much appreciated, cheers. So I thought the conversation was going to be over then. But then he sends a picture of him and the prime minister.
1: So OJ's clearly game here. He's playing up his relationship with Prime Minister Roosevelt, Scarrett. He's even offering photo evidence of just how close they are. He's crying hard to convince our guy he can get this deal done.
2: And he goes, with the Prime Minister of Dominica yesterday in St. Thomas, he is the taller one.
0: I mean, he says he was with the Prime Minister yesterday. Yeah. So unless they've parted company in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Right, OK. Well, what it does suggest is that they're still quite close. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. And that if he's going to discuss it with anyone, it would be with Skerritt. Yeah. And certainly our understanding is that if passports, diplomatic passports are being sold, it's it's the personal decision of Skerritt as yeah. to who they're sold to and what the price will be. Yeah.
1: We sent our businessman's credentials to OJ. O.J. says he took them to Dominica and presented them to members of the diplomatic corps there. He says the early response was positive, but there were certain aspects that could only be discussed in person.
0: The priority was then obviously to get a face-to-face meeting with O.J. Serafin. That took several weeks to do. O.J. finally agreed a date and a place to meet.
1: Looks like this was on July 11. Going to one of the islands was kind of tough, so we tried to find someplace that was somewhat convenient. He said, be available to meet with you um, in Panama, which you... And he he agreed. And the place that they decided on was Panama City.
0: We had to arrange where to meet, when to meet.
1: There is a roadmap going forward, but this can only be explained when we meet. Right, Okay. Okay.
0: So we need to ask him, what's the roadmap? So do, do we know that OJ is definitely on his way? I think so. So we set up a meeting whereby he would come to Panama from the Caribbean island that he lives on and our undercover guy would come from Manila to Panama and then obviously we as production team would would meet up there.
2: Right. Makes sense. 122 which is in
1: an hour and 17 minutes. Okay, so we talked about the room, we talked about the car.
0: The, the key thing that we needed to get from the first undercover meeting was... We need to know that a diplomatic passport can be bought and what the price is. And we need to know what happens to that money. Where does it go? Who gets the benefit from it? And I think you need to say to him, is there a figure attached to this? And how's that money paid? If he's asking for money, we need to know how is it paid?
1: And so they met and our team is in place and OJ didn't know we were recording everything.
2: Is this going to be like announced publicly, or is no, it no, no? Okay, can I me. Yeah, can I? Be?
1: And OJ did not hold back.
2: My question is, what's next for me? Yeah. So that was yeah. about yeah. So, so, so what's history would be for me? How much? About fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Yeah.
1: And what they discussed was that it was going to cost four hundred thousand dollars and fifty thousand dollars for him. That was his fee for brokering the deal.
0: So now we are breaking new ground. O.J. was asking for money, money for the passport and money for himself. And we'd already heard from sources the money for these ambassadorships doesn't go to the people of Dominica. O.J. was about to confirm that too.
1: O.J. Serafin showed us his diplomatic passport.
2: You, so you have a diplomatic passport. So you, yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, because as a former prime minister, it's not uncommon for them to have diplomatic passports. It's the prime minister, in this case Roosevelt Scarrett, who decides who gets these. And OJ says the prime minister also controls where
2: the money goes. That was nice of Scarrett to do that.
3: I gave my wife a
2: in a perfect world. It would be really nice to do this diplomatic passport stuff and have the money go to the right place, you know?
3: I hear you, I hear you. It doesn't work for that way, unfortunately.
0: What follows from that first meeting where he thinks an ambassadorship can be bought is then that he would go from Panama to Dominica to try and have that face-to-face meeting with the prime minister.
3: Well, this has been a week of a very, well, I see. intense frustration.
0: After the meeting in Panama, almost all the communication was by WhatsApp, and, and largely WhatsApp phone messages from O.J. Serafin. Yeah,
3: wish I could talk to you on a on a very quiet on a land that I know that something, a safe line. <laughs> That's why we did meet in Panama that day, I guess, because you know certain things you can't talk about.
0: Um, And, and being um, very straightforward, yes. talking point blank about the amounts of money, about the passport for sale, about the conversations he's had. I know that
3: um, the generosities will obviously be uh, important in terms of going forward.
1: OJ was confident he was going to get a meeting with the prime minister.
3: I... I'm
1: being invited today. The prime minister is back. And he's awaiting a, a face-to-face meeting to discuss the terms of the deal.
0: What happened was that once OJ got to Dominica, and again, we only have his word for this, but he says that the prime minister was very distracted for two reasons. First of all, it was hurricane season.
2: To take heed
3: of all of the advisories and guidance provided... To us by the Office of Disaster Management.
0: And he was dealing with damage to Dominica and problems for his own citizens. But secondly, the election campaign and the date for the election still wasn't set, but electioneering was really, really building up steam. One of 13 new candidates, the ruling Dominica Labour Party has indicated, will contest general elections, which could be held as late as the first quarter of next year but widely expected this year. All the polls were suggesting that the Prime Minister's ruling Labour Party was going to have a really tough job to stay in power. And basically, OJ said he was having a real problem getting any serious time face-to-face with Prime Minister Skerritt.
3: He has been out pre-election type business, I'm told. However, there have been some connections made And so it is established that I will be seeing him this afternoon. I shall have a word when this is over today. Well, my friend, I am sure you've been waiting to hear from me as to what transpired today. Very interesting what has happened, because the Prime Minister has been having a string of very disappointing appointments.
0: Several of the previous ambassador characters... Different scandals broke around them. The
1: investigation. Um, so, so OJ just starts reeling off this list of Dominican ambassadors that have gone off the rails,
3: including the former um, Minister of Petroleum from Nigeria,
1: Diazani Alison Medweki. She was hand-delivered a diplomatic passport from Dominica in London. A few months later, the cops came and arrested her. They found all this cash all over her place.
3: Uh, last week, an ambassador appointed in the U.S.
0: And O.J. then mentioned a current Dominican ambassador, Paolo Zampoli, who has a court case ongoing, which could be politically very embarrassing for the prime minister.
1: Paolo Zampoli is a really interesting figure. He used to work for the Trump organization. He was a former Italian modeling agent, and he's a very close friend of of Donald Trump. Paolo Zampoli owned the modeling agency that discovered young Melania in Europe and brought her to New York.
2: So you introduced Donald to Melania? Yes. I say, Melania, please meet my dear friend
1: Donald. And if you go to his Instagram account, he has met with everybody. He goes to the UN There's pictures with Netanyahu, with Don Lemon, with Wolf Blitzer, with every head of state.
2: I'm Ambassador Paolo Zampoli, and welcome to my birthday party.
1: Dominica's UN ambassador for oceans and seas. And now he is a full-time real estate developer, and he lives in this beautiful house in New York City with a giant Dominican flag out front.
0: Zampoli is suing the developers of a new resort funded by Passport Sales in Dominica, a citizen by investment project
1: in addition to being an ambassador, he's also been involved in selling legal citizenships. This is not uncommon for these ambassadors.
0: He's claiming that some of the foreigners who've bought shares in it come from countries covered by US and UN sanctions. That would ban them from moving their money like that. That's something both the developers and the Dominican government deny. OJ is on the ground while this whole CBI thing is starting to become a big political issue in the campaign. So there's a lot of
3: frenzy around that and a lot of political pressure during this present election cycle.
1: Paolo Zampoli's name is being mentioned in political speeches by the opposition.
3: One of our ambassadors at the UN, an Italian gentleman, Mr. Zampoli, he says he wants his share and what he's looking for is $7.5 million, U.S. Your passport money is putting over $180 million in their pocket, hand-delivered to them by Roosevelt Scarrett. yet he tells us he loves Dominicans.
1: So OJ's telling us this is really starting to get to Prime Minister Scarrett. He's still trying to get him to agree to our ambassadorship, but at this point it's not looking great.
3: So he's now ultra careful. The elections is not too far away. So he's becoming very, very, very paranoid about a further appointment.
1: And, and he's not wrong to be concerned, because when you actually look at the scope of this diplomatic passport problem, it's pretty big. This is a global scandal, and this tiny country of Dominica seems to be playing an outsized role in the whole thing.
0: What have these people got in common? A world-famous movie star some of the richest billionaires from the Middle East, and an Iranian sanctions buster.
1: Take Robert De Niro, for example. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yes, Robert De Niro, the actor, Raging Bull, taxi driver. He was appointed in 2014 Antigua's economic envoy. And there's no suggestion at all that Robert De Niro has done anything improper here. It's just sort of a surprise. In fact, there's two other economic envoys of note in Antigua. One is the nephew of Syrian President Bashar al Assad. And then there's this third guy, Alexander Saab Moran. He's a Colombian. He had his diplomatic passport revoked after he was indicted for money laundering.
0: And then, of course, back in Dominica, you've got the Iranian Ali Reza Monfared. He appeared in a court in Tehran. (laughs) And footage of that court appearance circulated around Dominica with the opposition making a big deal out of it, saying, look, this is the kind of criminal that we've made our ambassador. I reckon we've got at least 70 or 80 names spread across half a dozen Caribbean islands with the majority centered around Dominica and Grenada.
1: And these are appointments that seem to be at the sole discretion of the prime minister. They should go through some sort of committee process, but in many cases, they don't.
0: The allegation is that the prime ministers are using that money to keep themselves in power. They're funding their election campaigns. They're handing out money to voters.
1: So OJ kept sending us these voice messages, explaining why the ambassadorship for our businessman hasn't happened yet. But he's also telling us what he's seeing in this election campaign that's consuming Dominica.
3: You know, a lot of people are
0: receiving large sums
3: of money—twenty, thirty thousand—to
0: come back to Dominica to vote and to give people who live there new cars, new houses.
3: In every community in the country, there are large numbers of persons who have confirmed to me, and through the media, of the resources that have been
0: de- have been given to them. Um, And elections are due to be called any moment. And what he keeps saying is, you know, this is all grist to the mill for the opposition. The opposition are fighting this election on the platform of anti-corruption.
3: To be honest with you, I don't think the prime minister is ready to meet with any other person in the ambassadorial area, especially against the backdrop of huge revelations of negative activity of past ambassadors. I think I'm making myself clear.
0: He's relaying back to us just how tense it is on the ground. I think there is a very strong wind of change blowing
3: on the island. So I prefer at this stage to put this matter at rest. Everything is in the hands of the Prime Minister. Now and he, I, I'm getting the impression from discussions I've had with him and his people that um, they would rather deal with this matter after the elections are called and the elections is due anytime. It is about timing. And I think the timing is not now.
0: So it sort of ended with O.J. coming back to us saying, the prime minister knows you want to buy this passport. He's tempted to go ahead with it. He's just saying the timing is not right. He'll talk about it after the election.
1: We should mention that later, when we asked O.J. Serafin for an official comment, he denied that he ever spoke to the prime minister about this and says he was just name dropping to impress. And he said he has no official role and doesn't speak on his behalf. Roosevelt Skerritt, the prime minister himself, denied ever talking to Serafin about the ambassadorship and said he never offered a diplomatic passport in exchange for money. He also strongly denies any allegations of corruption or any other misconduct. All right, so let's take stock of where we are. We've accomplished a lot. We figured out that, yes, it does appear to be possible to buy one of these diplomatic passports. We've established a new price for them, $400,000. So, you know, it's significant. It's significant evidence, maybe not the best ending for the story, but that's not really what our goal is, to have a great ending. Really, what we want to do is report what we're finding. And actually, we're thinking maybe this shows the issues turning the corner. Maybe it's starting to resonate. Maybe these types of ambassadorships are becoming totally unpalatable. I mean, the opposition is out there hammering on anti-corruption, and it looks like they have a real chance to win. And then something happens.
0: Just when we thought this investigation was over, we got a really dramatic twist, one we did not see coming. Show
2: me there's easy access to him.
1: You'll hear who that is in part four of our final episode, Diplomats for
0: Sale. This is Al Jazeera Investigates.
1: This episode was produced by Amy Walters, sound mixed by TVC Soho, the social media producer Natalia Aldana, the show's executive producer is Joe DeFrias, Al Jazeera's head of audio is Graylin Brashear.
0: I'm Deborah Davis,
1: and I'm Kevin Hurton.